the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real-life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone, welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White, and my great friend and Bible scholar buddy... Pete Milner. Hi, everybody. We're so excited. I mean, we, we've just been sharing just right now and getting all teary about the just incredible mission that God's given us and the beauty of Jesus. And we just, oh, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll come and meet with us today, whoever's listening to this at whatever time, whatever juncture of their lives or leadership role or anything else they're doing, Lord, and speaking to each of our hearts as we consider Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're in chapter 10 today, and I shall read. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire. Hmm. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. And when he called out, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there will be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants of prophets. This is Gorgeous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, and and it's so classically in in Revelation. It hides the the sort of plainest meaning from you, doesn't it? Yep. it it's it's clear that this is all extremely significant, but it's not immediately obvious exactly what's being said here, is it? So you asked me just a second ago, is it Jesus? Well, yeah, you got a guy sort of shrouded in cloud, rainbows, shining like the sun, legs like fire. He looks a bit like... Looks a lot like Jesus. Yeah. Sounds like a lion Yeah, when he speaks. We're happy <clears> enough <throat> with that. I think not. Yeah. yeah, I think not. 
I think not. <laughs> this is an angel. And I mean, one of the things about Revelation is it shows you the, the majesty and power and scale of angels. In uh, such do a you know way. what? I, what I wrote down when I was <clears throat> reading this, I, I wrote down, I'm so glad. It's so reassuring that these phenomenal beings are on Team Jesus. It's, it's not that <laughs> yeah. there's anything deficient about Jesus no. by any means, but just to look at some of the guys on his front row, I mean, yes. they are solid, aren't they? Oh, it's, it's just like looking at our favourite saints as well, isn't it? It's they, like, oh, oh thank, man. thank God for the people who, who just brought the gospel like a big like hammer yeah. down against the work of the enemy. This is a person bringing down the announcement and he is holding the little scroll that i think yep. the lamb has just cracked open <clears throat> but he also open. does a very interesting thing which i don't know if you've seen it you sure. probably have he says um he swears yes by him who lives forever he and does. ever yes there's only one who's allowed to do that that's right and that's god himself by myself i've sworn and he forbids us doesn't he to swear by heaven or anything else interesting that's an interesting one mm. but if the angel is a servant, a messenger. On behalf of God. And all he's doing is speaking out what he's heard in the council of heaven anyway. Yeah. He's in power, I guess. Yeah. It, it can be a blurry line. I mean, the, yeah. the reason some people think it's Jesus is because obviously in heaven, as Jesus ascended, he, he is there as a lamb looking as though he's been slain. You know, he's, he's utterly butchered. And yet the, the sort of mystery of God in a way is that this sacrifice, this death, this kind of, you know, ruined life can somehow speak to all eternity and, and change the mm. epoch. And the sense is perhaps that having been a lamb like he was slain, it's like, well, the lamb part is over. Here's the lion. You know, right. here comes Jesus in all his power and majesty and glory <laughs> and, you know, bringing it down onto the earth. And I've got some sympathy with that. But yeah. equally, I still feel like the dividing line between angel and God must be there. It so is pretty it's, important. It's better to see this as a servant yeah. who's coming on Jesus's yeah. explicit business, isn't it? Yeah. But wow, wow, wow. And what do you think he says? Well, how to write it down? No. And, and it's interesting. You know, you hear this sound like the seven thunders. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded. You know, he could just call out like a bellowing loud noise, like, Rah, here I am, sort of thing. Yeah. But we're not going to ever know, well, maybe we are one day, what the seven thunders actually said. But John's about to write it down and God restricts him, doesn't he? And yeah. once again, we have this kind of suspended kind of desire. We want to know what's happening, but we're not actually properly fully told. And, you know, and, and John obviously understood it. And so it makes me think immediately of the Apostle Paul when he said, you know, I could tell you about a man, and he's obviously talking mm. about himself, who was caught up into heaven and yeah. he saw these things Inexplicable that was things. not Nobody's permitted for say. man to say. Yeah. And you kind of think, wow, in this day and age where literally every thought we have is put out on social media, yeah, and, yeah. you know, literally stream of consciousness often a load of guff mm -hmm. from people, including what they had for breakfast or the look of their coffee. Yeah. And this is something, there's this, this level is, of restraint about yes. the counsel of God, isn't there? And it's like God doesn't just blur everything out. No, he doesn't have verbal diarrhea, does he? No. And it does make me think also, I mean, I know that there are lots and lots of, I, I don't deny that people can be in the spirit and be caught up into heaven and to sure. see in these Absolutely. indescribable things. Absolutely, I hope so still. I, I sure do. Yeah. And 
But even then, it always gives me nervousness when I read a detailed book by someone who went there saying all the things that they saw. Because I'm always like, in all the blanks. Thought always. you weren't allowed to say those things because yeah. that's what Paul said, and I'm pretty sure he's telling the truth. But um, I think we should always carry that that restraint in yeah. a way. You know, I yeah. think that's one thing that maybe charismatics like us are not always great at because we just want to sing it from the rooftops <laughs> yeah. the second we see oh, something, something exciting. But sometimes you do have to sort of restrain that thing, allow things to come in season mm-hmm. and, and be divulged in their good time, don't we? Yeah. But it's hard to because yeah. it's so exciting. <laughs> I feel like, would I be able to not write if I'd seen oh, that? Oh my. Like, accidentally, oh, afterwards. Can you imagine telling <laughs> your friends... You know, and I mean, preaching on Sunday morning mm. after seeing this, you would be literally lying on the floor, sobbing and unable to speak, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the mystery of God, I mean, I, what I feel across the rest of the New Testament, mm-hmm. what it what it seems to always be when Paul writes it, when uh, other people talk about it, it seems to be a, a about the gospel. It seems to be the mystery of God is... How I mean, Ephesians tells us that the mystery of God is that he creates one new person yeah. out of the two old persons, yeah. i.e. Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. And he binds them together into one covenant people. Mm-hmm. And it, it is the gospel yeah. in lots of Paul's writings. So I've got a little note here. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9, Colossians 1 26 and 4 verse 3 and 1 Timothy 3 16. And then that longer bit is Ephesians 3, verses 3 to 9. So those of you who are listening, if you fancy a bit of Bible study, feel free to go have a look at those and tell me what you think. Because I think the mystery of God is something which is obviously known to heaven and divulged to earth. Mm. But there is a secret aspect to it, isn't it? Yeah. And it makes some people nervous because you know about the sort of first and second century heretics, you know, the Gnostics. Mm-hmm. Their whole thing was all about sort of heavenly secrets and mysteries. And it was yeah. always like, oh, I know, I know. almost like your Illuminati of the day, weren't they? Exactly, they yeah. So that, knowledge. their whole feeling of, of power and influence <clears throat> in, in their faith was to have lots of heavenly secrets, mm-hmm. to have lots of heavenly knowings and to feel ever so smug about knowing more than everybody else. Yeah. And that should always kind of make us feel a bit like, oh, that's a bit bit corrosive maybe but here god is you know lord of the secrets of men's hearts isn't he yeah. and he is giving secrets in advance which actually maybe it's not right for us to know i think jesus himself is the revelation of the mystery yeah and the things he does are a visible kind of act of yeah he's the radiance the exact representation of god's being isn't yes he? And what he does is a is like a physical demonstration of the heart of God the Father, mm. isn't it? On the in earth. the form so of when a person, he picks yeah. up the children and loves them, it's exactly what the Father would do. He says, yeah. "I only do what I see the Father doing." And yet, there is still a mystery mm. behind that revelation. And we're and as John reveals us the risen, glorified Jesus, and all the kind of mechanisms and mm. creatures and personalities up. You know, in this presence of God, I was almost going to say up in heaven, but I don't want to say that. Sure. In this heavenly dimension, we realise, man, even seeing Jesus as a man, we have, we've fractionally glimpsed his glory, haven't we? Yes. Like as through a mirror darkly, so to speak. But I love that, that word there when it says the mystery of God would, you know, we're not going to have any more delay. Yeah. You know, the, the mystery of God would be revealed just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Mm -hmm. 
there is that fulfillment in Jesus. That word there is the same word that Jesus says on the cross, isn't it? It is finished. It it's is finished, the same yeah. word. Tetelestai. Yeah. And um, yeah, from that root kind of thing. And uh, you kind of think, wow, this is interesting because Jesus did it all. Mm-hmm. On the cross, there's nothing yet to be done, and yet we're still seeing the outworking of what Jesus yes. did. Because I wasn't even born then; I hadn't even sinned yet. But you know, yeah, that's that's what is so prevalent in John. I think he has this wonderful way of speaking about this this mystery, and it, it all the gospels do it. You know, it's it's clearly a theme that people were preoccupied with. It was like, you know, on the one hand, it's Jesus saying, "Don't tell anyone about this. Don't share the details of this. Go and yeah. show yourself to the priest, but tell yeah. no one else." That kind of thing. Keep it a secret. And then on the other hand, you've got the people asking, you know, who is this guy that holds back the waves or, you know, can Mm -hmm. raise the dead or who can do these things? Speak with such authority, not like the scribes and Pharisees. And some scholars a few decades ago came up with this term, the messianic secret. Oh, yes. Yes. As a way of sort of grouping all that stuff together and to say that the secret of God is both a proclamation that we make in bold, full-faced public discourse... And sort of still a secret. Mm. And it's that same line that we struggle with between like faith and knowing, isn't mm. it? Because, you know, we could all wish that God would just show himself more clearly and yep. prove himself to everybody. Yeah. But then if he came to look for faith on the earth, he'd still not find any, would he? Because no, it wouldn't really it be was, faith. Was, We'd know. Yeah, he would have defeated his own object. Exactly. Yeah. And so it seems that faith is the, the thing that he desires most in us. Incredible. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. And so it requires this hiddenness, which is so unbearable sometimes. <laughs> you know, we just want to lay hold of him and snuggle in and just be there forever. And thankfully, one day we will. But until then, we are required to suspend that need to confirm and, and know for sure. And Do you use know about all our everything reason. squared away and exactly in its boxes? Yeah, we like and it. And I think that's we? one of the frustrating things about um, some of the approaches to Revelation that yeah. have always left me a bit kind of cold. Mm-hmm. Is I don't think actually it was ever intended as a book to be squared away and all exactly no, fully sort of decoded and filed. No, 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 I think that we, unless we read this book with a sense of wow, awe and wonder and mm. intrigue and love for God yeah, and adoration. Yeah. yeah it should provoke us to worship. Point. Somebody yeah. said once that if we understand the scripture rightly, it should elicit worship from us. <laughs> it, it, that's what it ha- That's what does yes. it. Yes. And uh. this person, this angel who appears um, is saying that like, this seventh trumpet is coming. Yeah. Now, remembering that our structure has so far yep. been that you get four, then you get two, then you get yep. an interlude, and then you get the final one. So we're in this interlude where the, the scroll is sort of given to this angel who yep. comes to announce it, but there's a, both a big announcement and a bit of a hiddenness to it yes. still. So and like we you had say, the not... eagle who flew over saying, whoa, 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 when yeah. the next three trumpets blow, it's going to be whoa on the earth. So mm. you got the first one was... Apollyon, wasn't he coming out of the, oh, the locusts first, and then the Apollyon and the horseman bottomless pit, and then you've got the mighty angel, and you've got one more, haven't you, coming up? Yeah. So, um, so let's read on. Verse eight. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, "Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who's standing on the sea and on the land." So I went to the angel. This is your human being here, John, yep. <coughs> the apostle. So I went to the angel and told him to give me this little scroll. And he said to me, take it and eat it. 
It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I'd eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Mm. Now, in the created order, there appears to be a kind of hierarchy, you know, a who's who of, of what exactly. And I think that the reason to return to our original thought about who this angel is, the reason I kind of land on the fact that he is an angel is that John tells him what to do. He has to go and tell the angel to give him the scroll. Right. And it's like, Interesting. he would not tell the risen Christ. Oh, come on. <laughs> you would, you would <laughs> ask for, yeah. for something if you just yeah. about squeaked it out. But um, no, this is, this is God raising John up in such a way. And it's like in all of his vulnerability and in all of his sort of the restrictions that are on him yeah. and all of his experience of the suffering and the pain, painful sort of nature of it. John's being told to tell an angel what to do, even such an angel as this. Yeah. And his role as as prophet to yeah. the church is is something that is strikingly sort of visible because here. Because we it? never knew John was a prophet, did we, until this point, I guess. Yeah. Not explicitly. I mean, no. he was an evangelist, one of the four evangelists, famously, yeah. wasn't he? and it? he's an apostle, yeah. if he's that same John, obviously, and he calls himself an elder yeah. in his letters, and, and that's fine too. Fellow but sufferer. nobody ever sort of totally lines him up and says, this is a prophet, until it's this book that sort of requires really you to have that sense. That, it? And, and it's so identical the language and everything to the moment with Ezekiel where mm. Ezekiel is commissioned in chapter three, isn't it? Where he takes a scroll and eats yep. it and it tastes sweet in his mouth and is bitter in his stomach. Mm. But it's that kind of thing of like we know from the Psalms the word of God is like honey, honey on, my lips. on yeah. my lips. I I actually believe that as a preacher I've found that it's honey on my lips when I take it in. Yeah. And honey on my lips when I give it out often. Yeah. But there is also a pain and anguish of some of the aspects of God's word when it's not a particularly, when we know it's going to be a difficult message for people to hear. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's, I, I, I remember the, there's a passage in Malachi about the day of the Lord and where it will come. And, you know, it'll be like refiner's fire and yes, like fuller's yes, yes, yes. bleach, you know, it'll... It'll sting and it will be difficult for people. But at the same time, it does carry that sweetness and that fragrance. Paul says as well, doesn't he, that, you know, to those of us who are being saved, it's, it's delicious, yeah. like the fragrance of Christ. Absolutely. But to those who are perishing, it stinks. You know, it stinks yeah. of death and it's, it reeks of, of my own failures and my own sort of faults and yeah. things. And it, it reminds me of how corrupt I am and it makes me angry and it's like, ah, oh, I hate it. And the thing is that, there are people out there who try and make the gospel seem like good news to everybody mm -hmm. by turning the sort of love, forgiveness, peace, hope, mm -hmm. joy, etc. Sure. into like, let's take those things in all their forms to yeah. everyone at all times and never do anything like, you know, correct someone, rebuke someone. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's like unforgiveness, isn't it? That's like not turning the other cheek. And people end up with this such sappy yeah. wet useless christianity and it's like it barely christianity save at all no yeah it and will not deliver anyone from evil because it's the, not powerful enough the message of the cross is that sin 
requires death to yeah. pay for it, doesn't it? Yes. And that death would be our death, but thank God. Mm. Jesus endured that. Thanks be to God through on, Jesus yeah. Christ our Lord. Yeah. He will rescue us from this body of death. And, you know, I mean, even reflecting on the death of Jesus, mm. which maybe people don't do so often, I don't no, know. Maybe not. But even reflecting on that is like a bitter taste in our tummies, isn't it? It, oh. it breaks us because we, we look at the crucified Saviour and we think, man, he did that for me. Yeah. That's what my sin brought on to this perfect, spotless yeah. son of God, you know. Gosh. Yeah. I think sometimes we, it's worth just pausing and, and recognising it. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus died. Yeah. That is the single most appalling thing that has ever happened in yeah. the history of the universe. You know, this horrendous thing, which is both, uh, in you know, in one sense, it's this ungodly injustice, mm-hmm. you know, horrendous offence against yeah. God yeah. and all he is. And yet, on the other hand, it is the very way in which we humans can be rescued from the stinking pit of our yeah. of our fate. You know, the the result of our own selfishness mm. and our pride and things. And I've I've seen it in real time. You know, I've experienced it. You know, the sense of like, oh God, I'm so unable to save myself. You Where know, is it, me? I have nothing yeah. to give you which yeah. you need. <laughs> and yet, yeah. that's not what he wants. You know, he's. Yeah. He, it's enough for me to just believe in. The demonstration of his righteousness in that the Son of God was crucified and God can be just and justifier of the one who has yeah. faith in Jesus. You know, because if, if, if he's just going to let everyone off just because he's kind, mm-hmm. it's like, well, all that evil is not going to be dealt with, is no, it? So it'll carry on a, it and heaven will be just like Justice hanging, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So there has to be a reckoning. There has to yeah. be a punishment. And the only way forgiveness can happen is if we choose to take the hit. So yeah. if if I wrong you, you owe me. The only yeah, I owe you. The only way I can really be forgiven is for you to say, Paul, you don't owe me anymore yeah. for that. And so what that means is you've taken the hit. So and I have for, something to give you that yeah, will work like that. You've yeah. given me a gift mm-hmm. that I don't deserve. And so the only way for yours and my ultimate forgiveness has to be that the Lamb of God takes the hit, mm. which is brutal. Yes, and, and unfair in that way. It's like I don't want to blaspheme by accident, no. but it's it it is the the real mystery of the whole New Testament yeah. and the whole gospel, isn't it? That something so bitter and unfair yeah. and and seemingly unjust, you know, the Son of God dying alone, nailed to a piece of wood in the Middle East somewhere, that that could be the very hope of all nations mm. is a scandal, isn't it? Yeah. It will never stop being a scandal. It is a scandal. It when will never stop being foolishness to the Christians. Gentiles. Christian theologians and non-Christian commentators yeah. alike are offended by it, aren't they, on yeah. occasions? Yeah. But do. just to go back to John real quick before yeah. we close this session, um, this particular scroll mm-hmm. seems to be a particular prophetic burden Mm. or a a kind of it's not like um it may be the book of revelation as a thing but it it's like this particular burden that comes on this particular prophet yeah that he's now going to go out and give and i mean obviously his who can who can even begin to measure how many people have been impacted by John's message from mm. the Book of Revelation? Yeah, through the course of history, it's well into the billions, kings and gosh, people and lang- different languages and so on. 
Um, but you get the sense for John that <clears throat> the last days of his life, because he's already quite old now, isn't he? We we think <clears throat> so, yeah. He's, the last days of his life are going to be this dual, bittersweet mm. ministry of kind of discharging this yeah. vision and I making mean, he's sure still people in get exile in Patmos yeah. on account of the word, isn't he? And yeah. he's still having to suffer and he's writing to churches and the very words that Jesus is having him write are, Satan's going to put you in prison. He's yeah. going to oppose you. He's going to hurt you. And it's going to hurt the whole time he's doing it. So sweet to be receiving words from Jesus himself. Yeah. But painful. His lips drop honey. They do. And <laughs> and yet he tells yeah. the truth. And yeah. the truth is that this world still needs a lot of help. And as it? we reflect on that, mm. you know, we're challenged, aren't we, to the core about how we're doing our, fulfilling our role as preachers and prophets and pastors yeah. and so on. Yeah. Awesome. Listen, may God bless you today and have an amazing day. And Lord Jesus, we pray that we will ingest your word. We'll take it into ourselves. We'll take Jesus, the living word, into ourselves. But we'll allow that kind of pain of the bitterness of the word sometimes to to also shape us and move us with the deepest compassion lord and to to call us into great intercession and crying out for this generation lord but as we preach and minister and share the good news mm. lord let us be faithful in it and not not try and sweeten something that you have meant to have a degree of bite to it and yeah. challenge to it in jesus name mm. amen amen